Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. Episode 172. We go back to 2006 with Mercenary and the Hours That Remain. But before we get there, Chris, my friend, how are you? Uh, very good, very good. Uh, ready to talk about this uh, band that I don't think we've really talked much about at all in, in 170 plus episodes. I have been saving this band and quite frankly this conversation um, for a long time. But I think it was not only long overdue, but ironically their new album came out today as we record. So I thought the timing was just extra, you know, special in that regard. And I, and I had a chance to, to listen to the new album. I'll, I'll speak a little bit about that at the very end. Uh, but before we get there, I have to tell you a, uh, a wild story. And, and when I say it is a small world, it is a small world. Um, one of our Patreon folks, uh, Patreon members was in town from all the way to the land down under Australia and was in New York. So I was able to meet up with him uh, just after I got out of work um, shortly before uh, you know, we're, we're sitting down to record. And we were obviously talking all things music. And, and one of the bands that had come up in passing was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which, um, you know, uh, certainly a band of um, international fame, one of the bigger rock bands in the world. I think they played the Super Bowl. I mean, they are obviously a, a, a massive rock act. Um, fast forward uh, after a wonderful chat with 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 one of our patrons, I'm on my way home. I get a text message from my sister who was telling me this story about how last year um, she saw Flea dribbling a basketball down the street in the middle of Manhattan about a year ago, unprompted, unsolicited, and sees Flea with this basketball. So she tells her boyfriend, you know, I really want to get a basketball. And as luck would have it, they're playing the Global Citizens Fest tomorrow. So they were joking how they're in town. Wouldn't it be funny if they were both dribbling a basketball at the same time and she saw Flea again? She didn't. But she did see Chad Smith about 10 seconds later. And I'm like, the, the, wor- the, the world <laughs> operates. I mean, there's 7 billion people on this planet. What, was she sure it wasn't Will Ferrell? Yes. She, sh- <laughs> shockingly, she was sure. Um, and, and she is going to see the Chili Peppers tomorrow. But it's like God's ears were ringing or something. I don't know. Uh, but I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So she, she didn't see Flea. She did see Chad Smith. And uh, uh, Richard, one of our patrons, and I were talking about the Chili Peppers no more than an hour ago. There you go. You uh, you manifested it. Uh, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are my sister's husband's. I guess that makes him my brother in law. Uh, his his favorite uh, his favorite band. So no kidding. Uh, I'll have to pass that story along to him. I'm sure he'll get a, a kick out of it. I'm assuming he hasn't heard Mercenary yet. So maybe that's just a, a matter of time before. No, he said favorite. he was waiting for the podcast to drop. Uh, that makes to see, to see what we rank it to what we rate I think for. that's fair. I, I know he doesn't our, listen to any album we give less than a seven point five collectively to. So I, listen, I, I get it. We have a lot of sway <laughs> and influence over this stuff. Tell me um, now that I've gotten that story out of the way. What have you been listening to this week? Uh, I, I actually crapped out another playlist, as you know. Uh, I sent it over to you. Um, today a lot of just a lot of stuff that have come out pretty much in like the last month or so including a single from the new mercenary album um theocracy has another single called mosaic which i thought was even better than the first single um i'm really excited about this new album that they have coming out which is 
uh, called Mosaic. And uh, also Angra released another single, uh, Tides of Changes Part 2. And again, these are two albums I'm really looking forward to. I can only assume they'll be on my end of the year list. If they're not, that could only mean that they were uh, disappointing. But, um, you know, I'd mentioned to you that there's a lot of uh, other good power metal out there right now. Uh, we, we mentioned last week uh, Shadow Strike. They have a new album, Traveler's Tales. Uh, I have a song from that on the new playlist, as well as uh, Unomia, which is a, a project from the brother of Marius Danielson, who does <laughs> The Legend of Valley Doom. He has his own um thing called the chronicles of eunomia if i'm saying that correctly and uh the track my heart has um olaf hair on vocals who you might remember from uh luca Turilli's first two solo albums and uh the band dionysus which i think we should talk about at some point um that they were kind of a, a a cool band that fizzled out um and uh and then the one other band i want to mention was immortal guardian um we actually were sent a promo copy of their upcoming album, Unite and Conquer. Uh, haven't listened to the whole, or wait, have I, did I listen to it? Um, I'm having a brain fart here. Um, no, I have not listened to it yet, um, but I plan on it. Um, but the, the single that I did listen to um, and, and put on the playlist, Echoes, is a really, really solid track. So, um you know, we were kind of talking about how Dragon Force has this new single, Doomsday Party, and it's kind of become a thing with Dragon Force. And, and, and you know, we should probably point to our friend um, Sean, the, the Metal Pigeon, wrote an article recently about how kind of power metal has become kind of this jokey thing, and, and Dragon Force is kind of at the the forefront of it, and, you know, Ailstorm and Glory Hammer and, and some of these bands that are... Uh, you know, Angus McSix, I think, was a, a major uh, topic uh, in this article about how, you know, it, it's kind of become a jokey kind of thing. And that's like the trendy type of power metal now. But, you know, the bands that I just mentioned, I don't think fall under that category. And I would recommend if you're, you know, thirsty for some power metal that isn't goofy, like, you know, Dragon Force's Doomsday Party single is. While And while I don't think it's a, a, bad, a bad song... Um, you know, it, it's it, it's definitely a far cry from the uh, the old days of, of Dragon Force. They 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 seem to have um, adopted the the I don't know, just kind of uh, this wacky kind of um, like tongue in cheek version of power metal. And uh, it's I, I I understand why it's not really uh, for everyone. So I, I would recommend checking out. You know. Shadow Strike and Unomia and and Immortal Guardian and 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 Theocracy and Angro as well as I just mentioned and uh, and uh, and I'll mention one other band uh, Temperance that I don't know if I would call them straight power metal but they have a uh, they're kind of more of a, a more of a melodic metal style but um, they have another single from their upcoming album uh, the song's called No Return another really solid tune um, so yeah lots of good stuff coming through. Um, I have I there's a couple of singles that I grabbed but haven't had a chance to listen to yet uh both from DGM and Therion it sounds like both bands will have albums out by the end of the year so it sounds like we have our work cut out for us uh for quarter 4 uh there's still quite a bit of um kind of bit heavy hitter bands with uh, albums coming 
Yeah, there. Th- let me let me unpack. That was well <laughs> said, but a lot to <laughs> unpack there. So I'm going to try to go through this one by one. Um, first, I want to echo your shout out to Sean the Metal Pigeon. We are going to be doing uh, some really cool stuff um, with them and his podcast, the MSR cast, and, and and those guys over there. We've got some cool stuff in the works. And I think by the end of the year, some really, really interesting stuff that will be coming everyone's way. So keep an ear out or an eye out for that. Um, more more to come. But yeah, he's a great writer and, and his treatise, if you will, on the, on the current state of power metal is definitely something to read. And, and I echo... Your sentiments. I didn't hate the new Dragon Force. I mentioned it, I think, last week on the show. I, 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 I don't love it. I, I don't. I'm not going to say it's my song of the year. It's certainly a different direction for them. I, I, I heard a lot of Beast in Black in that particular song. I'll just, I'll just not quite as polished or good as Beast in Black. But I, 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 I didn't hate it, and and I don't quite understand why this band has become like a parody of themselves. Pretty much since Guitar Hero came out, they had their fifteen minutes, um, as Warhol would say, and that that's kind of been it for them. It's it's been a slow and steady decline, I think, since at least in the eyes of the fans, right? Like I I think they've released some good material, but for whatever reason, they've got this gimmicky, jokey persona. I'm not sure that's quite fair, but a lot of the stuff you mentioned, uh, Eunomia, for example, um, Immortal Guardian. Definitely less gimmicky and more, uh, you know, classic power metal. And needless to say, Angra, I, I think that goes without saying. So lots of cool stuff. Uh, for If you're looking for a real recap of like the last month in metal, I, I can't recommend your playlist enough. You really kind of hit on everything that I think has been coming out. And um, kudos to you for that. Uh, really, it's a one-stop shop for all the stuff that's coming out. Um, and obviously, we will talk about the stuff that kind of Hits us as 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 it's released and as we hear it because I have a couple of things myself. Um, Sorcerer came out with a, their first single from their new album, which is due out soon. Uh, the song is called Morning Star. Dare I say that they are the best modern doom band around? And I'm not talking about doom death. I'm just talking about straight up doom metal. Um, they do it well, and I really think that uh, if you've never heard them, uh, definitely something to check out. Uh, clean production. Just fantastic vocals from um, Anders Enberg, who I'm a huge fan of, and I love his stuff. With I, lo- I love you know a lot of his stuff that he's done, even outside the doom genre. Just really, really solid stuff. And another band that came out with a single, and this was kind of a surprise. I wasn't like kind of expecting this. I, w- I guess we'll say, but the the album of the year just a few years ago was by an Israeli prog band called Scardust, and I am. I was a huge fan of that album. I still think that album holds up exceptionally well. And they've released their first single. They've signed with Frontiers, which I thought was an interesting little um, change for them or what have you. But they've, they've released a single called The Game, or sorry, Game of Now. And the album itself, I think, is due out um, a little bit later this year, if I'm not mistaken. If not early next year, to be determined. Um I didn't love the single, not going to lie, but I thought it was worth mentioning just because this band is so talented and their last album was so good that if the album is anything close to what the last album was, it's going to be a good one. Um, Did you have a chance to check it out? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah. Um I agree with you. I thought it was it was good. It wasn't great. Um kind of uh almost gimmicky like it, they, they yeah. were trying like they were trying something a little bit more radio friendly. I don't know. Um like Could have been I said the Frontiers to you, influence. Yeah, or or maybe it's just not maybe it won't be on the album and it's just a one-off single. Possibly. I mean, I, 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 who's to say? Um I I've been keeping an eye on iTunes so I could grab the single, but um, it doesn't seem to have been dropped yet. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I feel like, Oh, that's going to be a hard album to follow because that was, I think you had it as your number one album of the year. I had it, I think in my pretty sure it was in my top 10. Um, so we both, um, you know, highly praised that album. I, I think the more I've gone back to it, I've like, liked it even more so um but yeah i to me like that uh there's not a lot of room to to go up for them at this point after that last album so it's gonna be tough to follow so it'll be interesting to see i uh i'm with you sometimes you're a victim of your own success i think we'll probably talk about another band later that might, might 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 say the same thing about to be honest with you when it comes to mercenary um but Nonetheless, uh, something to keep an eye on and something I'll definitely give ample time to as the as the new album rolls out whenever that is. Uh, and just one other band I wanted to mention, a band I had never heard of, um, Melodic Death Metal out of the UK. They're on Candlelight Records and the band is called Shade Empire. Um, I had never heard of these guys before. This was brand new to me. And I got to be honest with you. That which I've heard, and I haven't heard the whole album yet, but the the album is called Sun Holy. Really interesting melodic death metal. Um, just melodic enough that I'm, I'm I'm kind of curious to see where it goes, but hard enough that um, it certainly w- would not disappoint even ardent fans of like an Opeth or an Emperor or something like that. Little little something for everyone. So I'll try to post a track of theirs on our social media accounts this week. We had a little bit of an issue with our social medias this week, but I think we'll be back in business very, very soon. So thank God for that. Um, but yeah, just lots of new stuff, lots of exciting um, times ahead. I think that the next, really the next two months up until Thanksgiving, I think are going to be kind of nuts in terms of new releases. And then it'll probably die down as we get into uh, the Christmas season. Yeah, as as it tends to. Um probably will follow suit um hopefully royal hunt doesn't release an album like the first week of december like they've seemed to do every couple of years and i have to rush to to listen to it and it somehow makes it back onto my list (laughs) anyway um but uh yeah um i i've been separating all of my lists into quarters this year and then at some point i'm gonna have to like combine everything and figure out where everything lands. Um, God, some of the albums I listened to in January, February, and March feel like 
that was it feels like they were that was years ago that, that I listened to like you know the new Delane album from start yeah. to finish and and you know uh you know our friend uh Johannes's uh Skyblazer album and, and um you know Beyond the Black and Twilight Force and 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 just uh Love Bites, who were, um, I kind of forgot that they even released a new album this year, and that they, they're uh, being announced to play at Prague Power next year to make their U.S. debut kind of reminded me, like, oh, crap, they uh, they had a new album this year, so I'm probably going to have to go back. Frozen Crown, another band that was announced for Prague Power, uh, released an album in Q1 this year, so I need to go back and, and re-listen to some of these albums. I also need to go back and listen to Haken again and just, and and really solidify if I dislike <laughs> like that it? album <laughs> as much as I did. I, I listened to it so many times, and I was like, why do I like Ice Age better than Haken? I, I just... <laughs> I don't know. Um, we all we I, all have our right to our opinions, but uh, I think it's a lot easier to go back a second time than it is to listen to it the first time, right? Like even if once you've spent a little time with it in the past. Well, I listened to it four times. Uh, so <laughs> Haken, notwithstanding, not yeah, not, maybe, not accessible. Maybe fifth, fifth times a charm. Very good, very good. Um, and so I guess with that, we get to the matter at hand. Sep- uh, August twenty first, two thousand and six, Mercenary comes out. Uh, with their album, The Hours That Remain. And this was their fourth album. I think that most people would consider them melodic death metal, although there's certainly elements of just straight-up metal and thrash metal and maybe even a little prog thrown in as well in certain points. Um, Talk to me about your first exposure to this band and I guess in the pantheon of, of, of music, how well would you say you know them, this album their discography, you know, just kind of talk to me about like your thoughts, just generally speaking on, on mercenary and how well, you know, them, uh, not terribly well, like, you know, songs here and there. Um, I remember, I think I'd mentioned last week. I remember, um, a couple of the songs that they, that made it onto the Prague power seven DVD, which, um, was, uh, 11 dreams from the album prior to hours that remain and lost reality, which is on, uh, said album, and um, we'll probably post uh, one or both of those videos. I assume they're floating out there on YouTube somewhere, uh, as as a lot of those uh, Prog Power Pro Shot videos tend to be. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of just always thought of them as like uh, in that you know in that category with your soil works and your scar symmetries of the world. Um, I don't know that that necessarily uh, that that assumption remained after listening to this album uh i listened to it six times uh i think um i think you literally said i should spin it a half dozen times so i did exactly as as directed um thank you i'm glad that you were able to uh follow directions as well as you did i am so curious i'm so curious what you thought of this album if for no other reason then i'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this I think that you are slowly, and, and, and I'm sure Kelly would probably not be happy about this, but I, I think you're slowly coming out of your comfort zone in terms of you know what you liked, but you're starting to dip your toe into other pools, and I think you're getting more open with it. And I'm not even just talking about heavy stuff. I think even when we did like Spock's Beard, you were like pleasantly surprised at how much you liked some of the prog rock, you know, the quirkier prog rock stuff. And obviously this album – um, on the slightly heavier side. So as you kind of expand your horizons, I think you're seeing that there's other stuff out there that not only that you like, 
but that you really like when you kind of dive into it. So I'm so curious to see if this hit the mark or if it was just a miss you, for you. You missed, you missed a good opportunity to mention the Ruby pool right there. Yeah, you're, 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 you are correct about that. Volo being... Uh, God knows I enjoyed that dip. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, no, no question about it. Great example, right? Um, so, in light of that, I, I, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, and, and just to give you a bit of perspective, I can kind of remember when I first heard this band because this—I I don't even know if you are either aware of this or like the recollection is there. But back the year after we went to Prague Power for the first time in two thousand and two. In 2003 at Prague Power 4, Mercenary played. And um, this was like right after 11 Dreams had come out. And I'll be completely honest with you. I skipped their set. I knew nothing by the band. And I am kicking myself for it because shortly after they played the fest, I picked up 11 Dreams and the album blew me away. Now, I don't think it's like, a, I don't think it's a 10 or I want to be clear about that, but one or two of my favorite songs of all time uh, are on that album. The, the song Fire Soul from that album is just an absolute gem of a song, and I would put it in probably my top 10 songs of all time. That's how much I like the song, but unfortunately, I just didn't even think to watch them because I knew nothing by them. And at the time, I guess I was a little bit like, if I know you, I'll watch you. And if I don't know you, I'll, I'll probably skip you. So long and the short of it is I missed their set. Um, fast forward three years, Prog Power 7, they come back to Atlanta. And by this point, I am a fanboy of the band. I had fallen in love with 11 Dreams and I fell in love with The Hours That Remain, which came out two years later. So it's interesting because I just punted on them the first time, but I was so excited so excited to see them at, at Prog Power 7. And I'm going back to, I think it was 2006, like right after this album had come out. So um, I know you missed both of those shows. I don't know if they're coming back to the United States anytime soon. Although, as I said, their new album was released today as we record. Um, did you find any differences between them and like the soil works and the scar symmetries of the world? Because as much as I can lump them in from a genre standpoint, they sound nothing like those bands. Uh, I was expecting way more death vocals, um, and there really wasn't a lot of that at all. And I think that made this a lot uh, more accessible, at least to me. Not that that would have bothered me, but I think that this made it a little bit more enjoyable, actually. And to my understanding, this is not a... Um, not a commonplace thing. And I think that the, most of the songs I probably heard from this band were not from this album. So maybe I assumed they were growlier. I assumed the new album, uh, at least I've heard a song from it and it was definitely growlier. Um, and <laughs> growlier. I, I, I'm, I'm going to hashtag that, that, that <laughs> word hashtag growlier. Um, I, I was like really, surprised at how little uh death vocals there were and um it, it that's why like i i struggle to lump this in with melodic the melodic death metal genre i mean maybe the band in general fits that mold but i don't feel like this album is necessarily i don't know should be classified as that because i just don't feel like there's enough death vocals to really put it in that it's definitely melodic. I mean, I definitely agree with that part. I, the, the melodies are, are um, it's rife with melodies, but um, 
yeah, I, I just didn't find that um, I was the kind of bracing myself, which involves a lot of clenching uh, for that for like an hour of screaming, and it just it really didn't uh, turn out that way. And I was pretty pretty okay with that. And 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 to that end, this was a bit of a departure for the band. I think that on Eleven Dreams, it was it was certainly polished, but there's a lot more harsher vocals. And, and the reason was because it was growlier. It was growlier, and the reason it was growlier was because Henrik. <laughs> Anderson, um, one of their founding members, was essentially the growler, right? And he's not on this album. So while there are growls throughout the album, it's not like they're not there. I think that the cleans are predominantly um, on display. I would probably say it's an 80-20 split if I had to, if I had to wager, um, maybe 85-15. And so the album has a bit of a different feel to it. Um but that being said, I, I still would put it in the melodic death metal category because, I mean, let's be honest, there there are growls here, and when they come up, they are there is some brutal stuff on this album. I mean, like some of this is brutally heavy. But what I love about it is it just doesn't lose that melody throughout, and I think that that's why for me this is just an absolute superb album. So I'll I'm not gonna belabor the point, but I, I have a very high score for this album, and it's I- always. I would if if I was if there was somebody who was not familiar with melodic death metal, I feel like this album might be the perfect kind of entry point to kind of ease them into, you know, instead of handing them like a, a classic Bodum album, uh, you know, go with this. I feel like this would be a good way to ease them in without like overwhelming them right off the the bat. Yeah, and like I think you get used to the genre over time. But this would certainly be like melodic death metal 101, right? Like this is the introductory course. And if you like this, then you can kind of go to 11 Dreams or you can go to Scar Symmetry or you can go in any number of directions. But this is certainly a uh, a beginner's course in the genre, if you will. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a good one because I think that the what it lacks in death vocals, it makes up for in just like hooks galore and just great melodies and um just heavy guitar work and heavy drumming like it's it's really a uh i think technically sound album that doesn't get um i feel like it doesn't get like drowned out by just a lot of uh a lot of death vocals which i think can sometimes be distracting depending on the type of uh death vocals but i i don't know i feel like the clean vocals are so good um on this album like i just really enjoy the uh the vocalist um michael i believe michael sandiger uh yes and his vocals are so good on this they are and and i think that you know admittedly for me this band has gone steadily downhill since this album this to me was their high watermark and even though the grouse would come back um michael sandiger would ultimately leave the band i think in 2009 if i'm not mistaken as did i believe his brother morton ironically but um let me just walk you through the lineup just to kind of set the stage for 2006 uh michael and morton sandiger on vocals and keys respectively uh jacob mulberg on guitars uh he would leave the band uh i'm sorry he he'd be the one constant factor in the band uh as he's been there since 1994 uh, Martin Buss on lead guitars. He is also in the band, but started with them in 2002. And then um, 
Mike Park on drums on this album. He he is no longer in the band. But what's fascinating is none of the original members, this band started in 1991. None of the original members are actually in the band now. So like they've had lineup changes galore, two longstanding members, but it's a very different band now than it was. And just to give a little peek behind the curtain, I thought the new album was actually pretty decent, but I, I don't think it holds a candle to this in in a number of respects. Um, which I'll get to, but the where, where does it? Where do you think it stands as far as um, the everything they've done since since this album? So that's a fantastic question. I, having loved Eleven Dreams and having thought that this Hours That Remain was the high watermark, they've come out with three albums since then, and none of them resonated with me. Like didn't like them. Like can listen to them and just don't understand the appeal on any of them. Um, not that it's bad. It's just not as catchy. And so I would doesn't, argue... It doesn't that, sound like we're going to be able to snag an interview with one of these guys with these glowing <laughs> reviews for their later album. I want to be honest. Like, it just never did. And so <laughs> as much as I'm praising these two older albums, the newer stuff didn't do anything. Although I think the new album is probably the closest to this. So, like, we're, we're trending in the right direction, if you will. And I've got some funny stories about, like, this particular lineup. And when we saw them at Prague Power, I'll get to that. Um, but the, for three albums, they just kind of lost me. And I, I don't, I, I can't even say why. I just think it, it lacked the hooks that this album and the predecessor had. Fair enough. I, I was curious because I, I don't know that I got to hear much of those. Well, I mean, I didn't really get to hear much of any of their albums, frankly. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anything from their first two albums. I'm not familiar with that at all. Um, I think I started on 11 Dreams and kind of, you know, pick, picked and cho- chose uh, randomly throughout the years. I'm definitely going to give this new album uh, a listen start to finish. Um, it's called Soundtrack for the End Time. So some uh, some more upbeat kind of uh, content from <laughs> Mercenary after following their Through Our Darkest Days album. Um, so Consistent, uh, if nothing else. I mean, yeah, lyrical yeah. themes, you know. Yeah, so... Um, uh, I want to ask you this question before we uh, start talking about the songs. What do you have an idea what song I would uh, would have chosen for song of the week? I'm very curious about what yours is going to be. I have been thinking about this question all week and more than I probably should have because I have no freaking clue which song, if any, stood out to you. And I have about, I had about four or five that I was toying with because I just loved the album so much, but I was able to narrow it down. Ironically, Richard agrees with me. So I just want to be clear about this. I told him what my song of the week was, and he actually said to me that was his song of the week for this album because he happens to be a fan of it. I'll be curious to see if all three of us pick the same song, but may I take a guess? You may. I am going to say Simplicity Demand, but I don't have any reason for that other than I think you probably like the chorus. So that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, and I uh, just want to point out that um, Rich did agree with me on the best Vola song. So uh, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in good company there at least. So uh, but let's see. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't think of what yours would be. I feel like I just listened to this whole album and thought, thought to myself, man, Justin probably just likes this whole album start to finish and he's going to have a hard time making a choice. And because of that, I had a hard time <laughs> trying to figure out what 
you would choose. So yeah, I, I'm not even going to guess. I, I okay. have no idea. Okay, fair enough. Um, you are correct. I, I do like this album a lot. I, I think that that resonates through. Uh, quite frankly, I wasn't doing it just to kind of um, talk about my love affair of the band. It was more of I was just so curious about what you would think about this thing. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that we're going to get into it. So this is this the biggest testament I can say. Now we've gone almost 31 minutes, and I haven't even talked about the album really. But this album clocks in at 62 minutes, and the biggest compliment I can give is every time I listen to it, it feels like half an hour, and then I want to listen to it again. I just this album just draws me in, and and is one of the few albums from this time period which stays in heavy rotation for me to this day. I have listened to this album ad nauseum. I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to it and it never gets old. And here I was listening to it multiple times this week and it still didn't get old, which is a really strong thing. I th- if, if I can listen to an album for 20 years or thereabouts, we're on the right track. So at least that's how it felt for me. Um, with that, I say, let's just kind of get into it at this point. Um, Redefine Me is the first track. And, and the way this thing starts with these... Um, it's kind of a mid-paced tune, but what I love about it, and, and they do this a lot on the album, is they change pace between the verses, the chorus, and the instrumental sections. And I think it keeps it a little bit fresh, because if they didn't do that, I think there would be a monotony factor here. But I think that between the brutal, brutal riffs on this track and the keyboards, which are simple and understated but a really important element to the overall sound, not only on the album, but on this track in particular, I think it's just a fantastic opening track. The drums are incredible on this song and they really just kind of drive the entire tune. Um, I, I just love it. And, and I, to be honest with you, you can immediately see the difference on this track between this and, and what 11 dreams was just because the vocals are the soaring vocals without the compliment in many places of the, of the, of the harsher vocals. I just can't imagine opening the album with a better song, not my favorite song on the album, but a fantastic opener. Um, and, uh, guest vocals from, uh, a, a guy that we know all too well, Bjorn, uh, Strid from uh, Soil Work and uh, Night Flight Orchestra That's and right. uh, my my personal favorite, uh, the band of your life. What is it? The world. <laughs> the, oh the, yeah, the the, the, uh, the uh, '80s cover band. Yeah, yeah the the with uh, the band. I forgot. I forgot what the hell they were called. I, I got. I love their covers. Um, got you through the pandemic. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. The 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 guitar riff that just kicks the song off it is so it just hooks you in like it, it's so good um i really like this as a as an opening track as well and i think that it really just sets the tone for the whole experience of um listening to this album and again there's like really not much in the way of, of those harsh vocals it's just really good clean vocals they're not like real polished vocals they have kind of a kind of like a I don't know, like a, like a, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it, but like, you know, it, it's, it's really good. I, I just, I, I think that the, um, just because they're clean vocals doesn't mean it's going to be a winner. Like, you know, if the vocals were shitty, then it would have like ruined the whole experience. And the fact that the vocal, the clean vocals were, 
were good um really helped out but um this this is a really just a real banger of a song and um I, again like i'm going to just keep mentioning like the the riffs and the hooks i mean are just so memorable on this album and um the, this it's literally on display in the first like you know minute of the song so like you know i think you uh i think you'll know right away if this is something that you're going to enjoy or not and i think that by the same token i i don't know if the album differs enough in the rest of the album where it's like, oh, well, I didn't love the first track, but I think I'll like the rest. Conversely, if you like the first track, you're going to like this album because it's every song is different. But it I mean, in terms of like the the, the bucket that you put it in, it pretty much sets the stage for for the entire album. I got a question uh, for you. You mentioned yeah. um, you mentioned the keyboards. Did they have a live keyboard player? I believe they did. Although memory serves, I, I, I believe they did. And I think it made a ton of difference. Like I'll talk about it more, but that live set just like, I've never wanted to like take the person next to me and just start tossing them around as I did during this set. I lost my mind. And when we get to my song of the week, which was a song they played, I think I had like an out of body experience. And I'll tell you one other quick story. I don't even know if you're aware of this. They played one cover during that set. Are you aware when they played the co- a cover song and what happened during that cover song? I don't think so. Okay, so let me let me take you back to 2005 or whatever it was. It was 2006. They get on stage, they play this great set, and all of a sudden they start playing a Pantera cover. They played Walk by Pantera. Glenn comes out on stage and starts like, I don't know what the fuck you'd call it, but he's like stomping up and down, like going crazy to like, you know, that groovy Pantera sound, which quite frankly, Mercenary has a little bit of that sound to them in terms of just that, that heavy groove to it. Glenn gets out on stage, he's losing his mind, and then he jumps into the crowd. It was, <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, the whole thing was bananas, right? And and like this was in the middle of their set. I, I like, I, it was, it was a really cool set. And, uh, uh, definitely something to behold. But the good news is that video is out there on YouTube. You can watch the whole song. It's really cool. I would very much like to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and, and when you see it, you'll probably never see it again, but at least you'll never unsee it, if you will. Um, Redefine Me, great opening track. Somehow, some way, this album gets heavier, right? The Year of the Plague, it might be the most, the heaviest track on the album. That second track is like brutally, brutally heavy. But again, it, the, the, the melodies are still on full display. The, 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 the verses are just like dripping with, with like anger and, and hostility. And that scream at the beginning, that, that initial vocal scream is like, like strap in, you know, you're on, you're, you're about to go on a ride. Um, a catchy chorus, almost like a bouncy quality to it where you kind of want to jump up and down. And I love how it just slows down during the chorus and then speeds up again as it leads into the next verse. Really nice touch. Um, again, heavier, slightly more growls on this tune. Uh, a worthy follow-up to, to Redefine Me. Uh, I really like this song. I think the chorus is really, really catchy. And then it's just followed up with screaming. Uh, it's, <laughs> but like in the most beautiful way possible. Yeah, it's a really kind of cool dichotomy. Um I really like this one a lot. I think again, like great, great guitar hooks, just um, really solid and, and just enjoyable song. I think um, 
probably similar in tempo uh, from uh, with the first track. Um, but yeah, like you said, even uh, maybe a bit heavier as well. Um, but yeah, I like this song a lot. I thought it was really good. This was one of the ones that um, grew on me a lot uh, in in the later four, five, six listens. Um, this one kind of started to stand out. The first couple of listens, like like you said, nothing really stood out. It was just like this conglomerate of solid you know, heavy metal. And as the more I listened to it, the more like individual tracks started to uh, pop for me. And this, I think was one of them. I thought, um, I think the chorus just really set it apart for me, Um, but really solid tune. Um, I gave it some, uh, I I, I think I knew my song of the week pretty much from the get go, believe it or not. Um, But had um, you heard it before or or just like it jumped in the first, I think the first, yeah, the first time I heard the album, I was just like, Oh, this, I think this is it. Um, Maybe the second time. Uh, But this is, I would say, probably up like in my top at least half of the songs on this album um, nice i didn't really rank them but uh it's up I, there i would have i would not have guessed that and i only say that because again i i think this is the heaviest song on the album and while it's certainly melodic you gotta be in the right headspace for a song like this because it's it's Let's just say it's not a ballad. I mean, like, there's. I've, there's... I've been in a very lovely mood this week, so maybe uh, maybe this album just hit all the right notes for me. Nice. Um, I don't know. If I was in a bad mood, maybe I would have felt differently about this, and it just would have, like, started. Maybe it would have complemented my mood nicely. I don't know, but uh, it, 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 it was, a, it was a, an enjoyable uh, listen this week. I'll say that. Nice, nice. Um, we get to the My World is Ending, the third track, which is a touch slower. Um, but I would argue just as catchy. I, I'm curious about your thoughts on this one, and I'll kind of lead you into to some of mine. Um, I feel like I'm not I'm not going to have a, a so like ton of different things to say about um these songs. This is another one where I just think the um the chorus again this is like their choruses are so catchy, like they're very memorable. And this was um another one, um, I, just another like super melodic song i think that like you mentioned the keyboards while understated are really important to they kind of um add a little bit of kind of a, a spookiness i think um and i think creepiness is probably the wrong words more of a a spookiness i'll i'll, I'll mention uh, a later song that reminds me of something you'll, you'll probably get a laugh out of it but um just kind of that little slow kind of piano sound throughout um i think just gives the song a completely different flavor uh just gives it just that little bit of uh, i mean look at the um the cover art like the cover art is spooky and and so i think those keys those those little you know spooky keys really kind of you know set the stage for what the you know the band i think is visually trying to portray um but yeah i like this one i don't know if i like it quite as much as uh the first two songs but it's still i mean I, i'm not I, there were no bad songs in my opinion on this album so um three for three i'm glad you 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 pointed out the keys because i think that they really stand out on, on this particular album and i think that they they play there's such a nice contrast between the the keys and and the riffs on this particular song i i just think it, it it's fantastic the verses have like this march like quality to it but more than anything i think that 
the reason this particular song is a favorite of mine is because it's one of the vo- best vocal performances on the album. The vo- Michael Michael's vocals on this particular song just soar above the music, and I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and and it's one of those not only one of those songs, but it's one of those albums where the verses get stuck in your head. Normally it's the chorus, right? Big chorus gets stuck in your head and and stays in your head for weeks. But here on this album, and this is one of those songs where the verses also get stuck in your head. And that doesn't happen all that time, uh, all that much. Um, Finally, I love the guitar solo on this song. It just has this really slow but emotional feel to it. Um, This is a song of the week candidate for me. I didn't choose it. I went with something else, but I've always loved this song. Very nice. Um, So we get to the fourth track, This Eternal Instant. Um, What I liked here is you actually, they start with the keyboard. So it's kind of like a contrast to some of these heavy riffs that kick off some of the other songs. Here, it's the keyboards up front. and, And I just love the verses. They're fast, they're upbeat, and they're aggressive. And then the contrast actually comes in a chorus, which kind of slows it down just a touch, but it, it, it remains very, very heavy. But it's the pacing, which is just like brilliant on this thing, in my opinion. Um, there's that, and that drum fill in the beginning. I, there's something about it, like this has like his toe tapping quality to it. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and, and again, the contrast between the verses and the chorus, I think that that is such a critical element. When they blend into each other, and I'm not even talking about this album, but when when verses and choruses blend into each other, I don't like the songs as much. That always loses me. And that's part of the problem with a lot of prog these days where it just – there's no distinct beginning and end to that stuff. Um, but here it's just absolutely done to perfection. And there's a subtle nod for the Mercenary fans, but there's a reference here to the Sea of Dark Desire – in the lyrics, which is actually a nod to the intro track on 11 dreams. So obviously they're trying to make it come full circle. Great tune. Great tune. Yeah. Yeah. Another good one. Um, I I think it just another one of those songs that just comes out guns a blazing with like this, just wicked riff. And then the drums kick in It just uh, a really cool song. Um, Again, just, um, I love the uh, I love the vocals. I think this this song seems to have some of the higher vocals that that we've heard uh, on the album, at least up to this point. Um, and then you know, and then again, you still have um, some good growls. Um, this is a, a six plus minute song. A lot of these songs are not short. Um, no, they're they're meaty songs. It's a meaty yeah. Album. The shortest song is is uh, is four minutes and forty six seconds, and and pretty much everything else is well over. Uh, five minutes um, uh, and some exceeding, you know, a couple tracks exceeding eight minutes. So um doesn't, doesn't really overstay uh, its welcome though, in my opinion. Like I, I think that um, it, it just works again. Um, there's some more of that kind of spooky uh, piano towards the end of the song, which I think again, adds such a, um, a cool element, a little bit of a, a darkness to it. Um, yeah, another really uh, solid tune. Yeah, and and to that end, um, these longer tracks just don't feel long to me. And I think a perfect example is is Lost Reality, which is over eight minutes long, but just does not feel like a 
epic tune. I mean, it's an epic tune, but it doesn't feel like it's, oh my God, this is eight minutes. It feels like four and a half minutes to me. Um, and, and I think the key here is the pacing. It has this like the, the, the dichotomy in this song between like, the, 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 the fast, you know, like the brutal riffs and then the slowing down, like almost like a, you're almost like swaying to the beat during the chorus. I just absolutely love, 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 love that. And then you have this brutal, I mean, brutal instrumental section. And I, I mean that in like the best way possible. It's, it's a song that you just want to hear live. You want to sing along to it. And I will never ever forget when they played this at Prague Power, I think I alluded to this earlier, I just lost my freaking mind. Lost Reality is a phenomenal song. And it is just, I, I, I think like every note is is strategically placed. And despite the heaviness, you never lose the melody for not one second. Uh, I made it my song of the week. I, I wasn't sure going into it what it would be, but I, I, I went with Lost Reality. So um, I want to hear your thoughts, but let's let's give it a listen and uh, I'll cut back to you. After going on at length about the masterclass, which is Lost Reality, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Oh man, I love the um, the keyboard intro. To me, I was like, "Is this? Did I accidentally put on Stradivarius?" Like that's <laughs> that's kind of how I felt. Um, man, I, you know, it worthy of all the high praise you gave it. Um, it it's this eight minute song that just never drags. Um, I really like that that like keyboard um riff that opens the track just kind of is uh you know sprinkled in throughout the rest of the song it kind of uh, it, it's kind of like harkens back to that beginning um you know it was very close to being my song of the week um but again i it it couldn't it didn't top my initial uh first um instinct uh but man this one probably um it's probably my second favorite track on on the album um it's uh it's one of the tracks that i mentioned earlier that's on that that prog power 7 dvd so i would uh hope that we can find a clip of it on youtube because i think that would be cool to share since uh you had such a a, a fond memory of, of hearing it um uh, hopefully we can dig that up, but uh, yeah, this is a really good tune, and and it's I, I was kind of shocked after I was done listening to it to see that it was eight minutes long. I was like, it damn, doesn't like, feel this, like it though. No, like, not at all. 
and, it, and there it, are times where you can it have flows eight, really nicely. There, there are times where you have an eight minute track and you're like, oh, you know, it feels like a long song. It doesn't feel like it. And I think that that's part of what makes it special. Um, you know, it's funny. Another gem of a track is Soul Decision, which is the next track. And this al- this album is almost like an Oreo cookie because these two songs in the middle, Lost Reality and Soul Decision, I could see this being your track of the week as well. I want to be clear. These are two of the best songs on the album. They're gems. Um, arguably the most melodic song on the album, Soul Decision, which is part of the reason I think you might like it. Um, great bass lines, which is something I haven't really mentioned. Um, and, and I should talk about the mix a little bit. Jacob Hansen, love his work, does a great job with the mix. It's a little muddy, but I think that that's the kind of sound they were going for. I don't think they were looking for like this pristine low end. I think they were looking for this wall of sound that kind of just hits you. Um, and, and Jacob Hansen is known for that. He does that with Pyramids. He does that with some other bands as well, and he does it really well. Um, but but I love the bass lines on here. I think the mix is great. Um, they really, the vocals are top notch. And what separates this from some of the other tracks is the layered vocals. There are parts of this song where you hear not only the soaring cleans, but you actually hear the growls underneath at the same time. They layer them. Really, really cool. Um, and, and quite frankly, another song of the week candidate. I I, I like this one a lot. The, I, I am kind of like, confused as to how this song wasn't like a like a big radio hit like in in really? 2006 especially like i feel like this would have been like a lincoln park extension type of thing or yeah like you know less less like poppy i guess but like th- i just feel like th- this is so catchy and melodic i just feel like um and I think because the vocals aren't scary to people who <laughs> um that you know are you know, playing death vocals to somebody who's not re- like never really heard them before. I don't think most people hear it the first time. Like, hell yeah, give me more of that. You know, they're like, no, nope, that's a little frightening. I think I'm gonna go to the uh, in another room now. Um, so I feel like the just the 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 melodicness mixed with the um, the great you know heavy guitars and drums with the the clean vocals that are like super melodic as well. This song, I think, has is, is one of the hookiest of the hooks on the on this. I'm uh, I'm really just bastardizing the English language tonight, but um, I don't know. I just I think of this as like I'm I'm actually even a little surprised. Like I don't hear it on like satellite radio now on some of those like you know heavy metal slash hard rock or something like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like it, it just this to me screams like accessible if, if i was going to play a song from this album for somebody who didn't um know anything by this band or didn't know any melodic death metal i feel like this would be a hell of a way to start um you know this or or the previous song or or redefine me i think are three really good candidates um but i also think this one might be the best uh because it's the shortest of those three um, so you're not kind of belaboring the point either. Um, but yeah, a really good tune. Um, this is, a, this is just a, a really solid album, uh, so far we're, I, as far as I'm concerned, we're six for six so far, like all, all very good songs. Great compliments, but not your song of the week. Nope. Not yet. Okay. So then we get to Simplicity Demand, which was my guess, uh, earlier on. Is this your song of the week? It's not, uh, okay. all right. <laughs> 
But, I, um, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I'm, I, I, I like I said, I, I kind of was curious to see which you would choose. Um, what I thought you might like about this song was that acoustic guitar intro before like the onslaught came. And I thought the dichotomy between the, the intro with the acoustic guitar and, and, and what would come behind it is just brutal in the best way possible. Um, I hear this song and I just think like mosh pit. Like the, when this song gets going, it is like a train, a locomotive coming at full steam. Uh, again, the keys playing a pivotal role in the background. I think the verses are good, but the chorus is just absolutely the moneymaker here. Um, and you just want to headbang your tune, you headbang the whole time. Um, the piano has like a bit of a gothic tinge to it, which is kind of cool. And of all the songs on the album, this one the, reminds me the most of 11 Dreams, that a, a song that could have been on the predecessor. Um, arguably the most emotional song on the album. And, and for me, just like another song of the week candidate, the final one that I'll mention uh, that was in the conversation. It, it never quite made it there, but I think this is a really good tune. I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, I, 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 Honestly, any song on this album, if you were going to guess was for my song of the week, would have been a, a good guess. I mean, I didn't think there was anything that was really even slightly or, or, or significantly worse than anything else. Um, I, I think the guitar riffs during the chorus on this song are, are one of the best. One of the best on the album. Um, I again, this is just another. This song, this album is just, just beats you over the head with with just. Like I said, like hooks and riffs and and catchy choruses and great heavy guitars and and just like just freaking banging ass drums. Like it's 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 got everything. I, I man, I would recommend this album really to to all types of metal fans. I feel like prog fans would appreciate it for its technical, uh, you know, technical prowess. I think power fans would appreciate it for the power. Um, <laughs> And death metal fans probably it might be a little mellow for them because there's not a lot of growling on it, but it's still I don't know, man. It's really heavy. I'm curious. This it actually makes me think of Knops because as as like a prog guy, can he? I'm I'm curious to hear his thoughts or or somebody like Nick who has not really dipped his toe into the Ruby Pool so much in terms of like this kind of stuff. But would he just go bonkers for something like this because the hooks are so good that you can't help but fall in love? Um, I, I am really curious to hear people's thoughts about this. This is not the most uh, well-known album. It's not an album that people are like, you know, instantly have on their top 10 lists of all time. Maybe I'm different. But like to me, this is just gold. I think, I think Nick will like it. Nops, I'm not sure. Nops has like really particular tastes. Um and sometimes he surprises me with some of his the stuff that he likes that's on the power side of things, which I think this is definitely more power than Prague if we're going to just use that that those two as the barometer. Um, but yeah, uh, you know we're calling them both out, so I want to hear some. Uh, want to hear a review from both of you, uh, f- five hundred words minimum uh, on <laughs> on my desk by Wednesday morning. Um, and, and that goes for everybody else. I'm just curious to hear other people's thoughts of this. Yeah, do your homework. I'm, I'm trying not to hype it up, but it's also hard for me. As I as I went through the album, I'm like, what can I pick apart here? What don't I like? Find something. And it just – stuff wasn't coming to me. Like I, I, I had difficulty finding things I didn't love about the album. 
Um, so sorry for gushing, but I'm not sorry. It's my opinion. Uh, we get to obscure indiscretion. Uh, and, and needless to say, that scream at the beginning kind of sets the tone here. Arguably, arguably the weakest track on the album. But at the same time, I still think it's a very good song. The pace is similar to some of the other stuff. It's a bit of a breather track. Um, and, and I guess it's a bit of a breather track because the chorus might not be as strong as some of the choruses that came before it. Um, but even still, like there's this emotional guitar solo towards the end and it just sets up the last two tracks rather nicely. So I don't have many bad things to say about it. Uh, it's just, again, on an album of, of tens, maybe it's a nine, but like I'm splitting hairs here trying to find something wrong with the album. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with this song. This is another really good tune. Um, I mentioned earlier that there was a, a song that reminded me of something. The, the 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 keys that are kind of um, the key chords that are kind of like got throughout this song reminded me of the score from Ghostbusters Two. Uh, wow. Of all things, oh, just, just kind of, I have no doubt they had that in mind when they wrote the song. Oh, I'm That's sure they did. Up. I'm sure. I'm sure they're big Vigo the Carpathian fans, um, <laughs> but. There's just kind of this again, this spooky kind of um, you know purveying keyboard sound that I, I, I think is is just perfect. Um, this is the kind of this kind of music I want to listen to while I'm playing a Castlevania game or something, um, or or Luigi's Mansion if I'm feeling in a more uh, goofy kind of mood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, you know I, I'm with you. Like you know, it's um, it's again, yeah, it is splitting hairs. I think it might not live up to the first seven tracks but like but like barely like right. it's uh it's the shortest song on the album it's under five minutes but um it's it's definitely it keeps the heaviness going um it might just it, maybe the only knock really is it's just the chorus isn't as catchy as, as some of the other choruses but i mean i i love that that kind of just spooky keyboards that that should remind everyone of their second favorite Ghostbusters movie, <laughs> uh, maybe third, depending on who you ask. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I that I got a kick out of that. That made me happy. So um, even even in your potentially least favorite track, I was able to find something positive uh, to take away from it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Ghostbusters. Not 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 here. Not now. Not ever. Um, we get to track nine, the penultimate track, "My Secret Window," and even though this is clearly a melodic death metal song through and through there's a tinge of positivity here like just a touch i mean the rest of the album bleak dark heavy here heavy but like the, w- the windows open a crack the windows <laughs> open a crack that's exactly right and like there's some really beautiful riffs before that first verse verse but even with the harsher vocals like this song has like a just a touch of positivity to it a really awesome drum groove during the chorus. I think the drums just stand out during the chorus. Um, and, and, and they play so well off the vocal lines, which are catchy as fuck. I, I just love this song. It's a great song on the back end, and it's like the perfect track to lead up to the, to the title track. Talk to me about My Secret Window. Do you, do you feel like this song has the most growls of, of any of the songs in the album, or at least one of the songs? If, if, I just feel like it's... It, it, there's more it's just growlier than the the other songs i think it is because on the because it's it they're more prominent on the verses and the chorus is cleans so it's the opposite of what you might otherwise expect um so for that reason i'll agree with you 
But at the same time, I don't think it permeates the entire track where it's like this pervasive force. I just think it's a nice blend. Yeah, well, I feel like that's not really the case on any of these tracks. So I think it just made it all the more noticeable. Um, but again, just another just another song that just comes in with just a vengeance. Um, I, I, I really like this song as well. Um, I, I, th- I don't know if we talked enough about some of the guitar solos, but just great, great stuff. I think um, stuff that you would not bat an eye at if you heard it on any sort of power metal album. Um, just, uh, just really solid, like you said, great mix, uh, great production, and, and just great musicianship all around. Um, another really good tune. Uh, not my song of the week, though. <laughs> well, we're running out of songs here, so I, I have to assume it's the title track. Um, I'll let you say your piece in a second. I just want to say a couple of things. This is a fitting end to, again, what I consider just a quintessential metal album. It's a touch slower, very liberal on the keyboards, but not in a cheesy way. Um to me, the virtuosity or the technicality of the band is on full display on this track, arguably more than any other. Um, heavy bands usually don't have melodic verses like this, but this song has it. And like, arguably, and again, I'm splitting hairs again, the, the one knock, the, the track is like slightly repetitive and I ever so slightly, but because it's an outro track and because it's almost eight minutes, it's over eight minutes long. It doesn't feel that way. Um, this track leaves you wanting more, but like in the best way possible, like you don't want the album to end because this is such a catchy, good song and it feels shorter than the eight minutes and seven seconds that it clocks in. Um, surely you liked it unless you're just fucking with me and not choosing a song of the week this week. <laughs> Talk to me about the title track and why you chose it. Uh, my song of the week is 11 dreams live from the import <laughs> version. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. First of all, the, just the, the, the way that the song opened up, I think was for me the most, uh, memorable opening because the, when you combine the guitar riffs with that really awesome keyboard melody. I, I can't put my finger on what band it reminds me of. It's it's a little bit Stradivarius, but I feel like there's a better band that I can compare it to that's not coming to mind. But that melody that they use um, will reappear throughout the song, and I just feel like that makes the song feel so memorable and of on an album with tons of memorable choruses this one was my favorite um it's just so melodic it sticks in your head um if it wasn't eight minutes long it probably could have been a radio hit but then again november rain was about the same length and (laughs) that was a pretty big hit so who, who am i to say uh clearly there's a reason People are record producers, and I do a podcast about records. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really, really like this song. And it's so funny because I just feel like if I just sat down and looked at this track list, I'd be like, oh, eight-minute melodic death metal song. That probably won't be my favorite song. Well, here we are. Um, just as uh, 
just as winger uh listening to winger while doing yard work wasn't on my bingo card <laughs> uh song of the week eight minute melodic death metal song by mercenary was not on the bingo card either uh but to quote glenn harriston yet here we are <laughs> <laughs> let's let's give it a listen shall we If it's not obvious, I like this album. What, what the problem is, again, the, the band just never hit this high watermark again. And I was looking for certain things as a result of this album in future releases. The hooks, the melodies, the songs that just got stuck in your head. And at one point or another, I think every one of these songs has like been stuck in my head for you know, a day or two, or at least just because they, you know, like how catchy this stuff is and they never quite got there. And that's why even listening to the new album, I enjoyed it, but it is not, it is not this album. And, and like I said, even 11 dreams has tracks like this, which are just really catchy. Some are even heavier. Um, listen to fire soul. If you don't believe me, what a brutal tune that is. Um, just a great album. I, it sounds to me, based on everything I heard, that you really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, I wasn't sure. I thought it might be something you like. I thought it might be something. I, I just had no idea what to, to expect. But I'll, I'll pitch it over to you. This album came out 17 years ago. What are you rating this thing on a scale of 1 to 10 now that you've had a chance to thoroughly digest it? Well, far be it for me to uh, give a, a succinct uh, you know, ribbon or bow to tie on this thing. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to probably tell an anecdote, maybe, a, maybe a couple of, uh, a couple of stories, uh, take you, take you on a little stroll down memory little... lane. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about, there was a period of time where like metal just wasn't really happening for me for whatever reason. I, I, I wonder if a lot of people kind of, um, go through a phase. And I think we've kind of had a discussion about this not that long ago where you just start to feel like things are not living up to, to what you heard in those formative years. And we talk about, you know, your Holy lands and your angels cry and your keeper of the seven keys and like all these big ass heavy hitting albums, you know, all the sabotage albums, the Stradivarius um, all that stuff that we first heard, you know, in 97, 98, 99, 2000, you know, hearing Camelot for the first time, hearing Rhapsody for the first time, like just Sonata Artica, like one after the other, these mind blowing experiences. And I feel like I kind of hit a point where, you know, 
first of all, going to college and being around a lot of people that didn't listen to metal. I didn't really Wait a have second. That. You're going to tell me that when you were at Scranton, people weren't listening to Mercenary. Is that, do you, do you want me to believe that? No, not even Nops. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of tea party, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I had experiences where I would hear somebody playing like dream theater in a dorm room and I would go running to find <laughs> out who it was. I'd be like, Holy shit. There's another one. Like, um, that happened, I think twice. And I'm pretty sure it was the same guy, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I think there was a, uh, you know, after I finished college and I moved back down to long Island, there was, I remember a time where you were like, just showing me all these different bands like that because it's it, this again there's like this whole missing era for me right in that era to be oh, clear exactly and like, i remember this that, being yeah. i remember this being one of the bands that you mentioned but like, so many like you know the beginning of epica and the beginning of uh you know some of the after forever stuff like there's i could think of just a whole slew of bands that i just missed so th- this definitely falls in that category and you know it's funny because we um there was a discussion on in our Facebook group about um, I think it stemmed from the winger album that we talked about last week, pull and just about how um, I think some people were a little surprised that we ranked the album lower than they thought. And one of the things I said is that, you know, it's very rare that I've ever given something that I was hearing for the first time, uh, you know, higher than an eight because there's, I think when you don't have that nostalgia and you weren't there to like appreciate its impact at that time, I feel like it, it, I don't know, there's something, um, missing in the case of this album. Um, this is going to be one of those rare times where I go above an eight because to me it was that good. Um, so to me, I give it an 8.375. Um, I really like this a lot. Um, if I had gotten into it when it came out, I, I could totally see this probably being maybe more of a nine if I saw it live and had that experience you had. But like, this is I'm not, you're not going to get too much higher than this for me on an album that I've been listening to for a week. Um, you know, with the exception right, of right, right, with right. the exception of the last Halloween album, which I think I gave a nine point five after but one week. But... You have the nostalgia with the band there. Like right. this band means nothing to you. Yeah. And like that is an incredibly high score for something you're hearing or at least doing a deep dive in, you know, for the first time. And so to that end, I'm I'm thrilled. I to me, like I I was I was like Maybe he'll like it like a seven. I'm like, if I could get a seven out of this, it would be good. But that's an astounding score. So um, kudos to you for keeping it, it open the score mind. Grew, the, the score grew steadily uh, each time I listened to the album. And like, even as I was re-listening to it while we were talking, like the score was... Uh, and and I think just your, um, you know, your zeal for it also kind of helped raise it maybe take it from an 8.25 right up to that 8.375 just just hitting that glass ceiling uh (laughs) you know but um yeah i i i I enjoyed this quite a bit as far as like albums i've not heard before um this is probably one of the best uh scores i've given an, an album that i just wasn't familiar with the album or the band or or even so much the genre i'm not going to sit here and pretend i'm a real mellow death uh, expert here 
That's um, what's surprising to me that you were able to give such a high score to an album that's not. I mean, if this was a power metal album that you would never heard, and I put on an Axon Star album from two thousand and five, I'd be like, all right, he likes it. It's power metal. He loves power metal. That this, I, I'm blown away by that score. So um, kudos to you for for keeping that open mind and and really spending your time with it. I know um, a number of people reached out to me wanting to know what your score was, and I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised as they hear this. Well, um, and I will say, I think the vocals definitely helped because I think the vocals were so good. And um, I think even if it was like 50, 50 clean death, death vocals, I don't think it would have changed my score any. Um, but I think the fact that there was just a lot of really enjoyable, clean, understandable vocals really helped. Um, and I think that the, the, the growls just uh, created a really nice compliment in the, you know, 10 to 15% of the album where they appeared. Um, so that was really, I think the, the magic, uh, the magic ratio for me. So nice. yeah, so we'll really do good, really good choice. I'm glad, uh, go ahead. Now we'll do 11 dreams next week. So, oh, perfect. Uh, we'll, no. <laughs> so my score, right? This, I, I don't even want to say it's a nostalgia thing because I love this album. The minute I first heard it, I was thinking back and I was I was thinking about scar symmetry and I was thinking about soil work and I was thinking about insomnium, all these bands that I do thoroughly enjoy. And even Dark Tranquility, who will have the chance to see next September, another band with a massive discography and some really, really good albums. And I'm trying to say to myself, can I find a better melodic death metal album from any of these bands? And not only can I confidently say that the answer is no, but I think that this album is just head and shoulders the pinnacle of the genre, at least for me. Um, and and that's part of why I think that the, some of the albums that came after it are as disappointing as they are. Because to me, and I know that this is a really high score because it doesn't get any higher, but this is a perfect 10 for me. This wow. is the best album in the genre and an album that, like I said, after 17 years, I can list, I can put this album on at any time, and it just brings a smile to my face. I don't get tired of it. I don't get sick of it. Like I said, when we're done talking, I'm going to have to go listen to it again because it's that it's that good to me. I don't get sick of it. Um, this this is a perfect album to me. It is a desert island disc. There's nothing I would change about it, and I would put it up there with the Operation Mind Crimes and the Images and Words. But again, for the melodic death metal genre, right? Like you have to like the genre at least a little bit to give it that score. But it is the best album in that genre. And I would put it up there with the all-time greats. Now, let me ask you this. Did you know you were going to give it a 10 before you started listening this week? Or did, did this week just kind of cement it for you? I'm so glad, so glad you asked me that because I actually thought about that question Going into the week, I wasn't going to give it a 10. I was going to give it like a 9. In my head, it was like this is just short of being perfect. It was like a 9.5 to me. Like I like I knew it was an all-time great. I knew it was a, a Desert Island disc, but I wasn't going to give it a 10. But what really sold it for me was that knowing the album as well as I do, and I know every track backwards and forwards, I was able to listen to this disc five times this week. And not once did I say, ah, you know, let me skip it. I know this track or let me, you know, let me just get to the end and I'll listen to something new that I, you know, have may not have heard. I just relished it. And the fact that I want to listen to it again just tells you everything you need to know about an album that unlike you, I have heard countless times. 
So to me, I wasn't planning on giving it a 10, but as I sat there and I tried to dissect it and I, you know, I've never dissected this album before, but I'm trying to find something wrong with it. And I just can't. And so like by every metric, best of the genre, wanting to go back to it, couldn't find anything wrong with it, no matter how hard I tried, it had to be a 10. It just couldn't be anything less. And like, arguably it's fresher than some of the albums that we fell in love with, you know, back in the mid, you know, mid and late nineties, because I played them more. So it still has that fresh factor to it where like, you know, I haven't listened to images and words since we covered it because I know the album, I know it's a 10, it's a great, and I just haven't listened to it. Whereas this, I've, I, I still listen to it. So it's a 10 and I'm unapologetic about it. It's that good. And it was even better than I remembered it, you know, since, since I heard it six months ago, it's that good. Uh, that's incredibly high praise. And, uh, I'm a little shocked actually. Like I was definitely expecting you to give it a nine or higher based on your, uh, based on all of your comments about it. But, um, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I will definitely be going back to this cause I, I just nice. really enjoyed it. I, I just think that, um, more, more than anything else, just the, the melodicness of this album. And that's really what got me into melodic death metal in the first place was really, I, I think hearing um, children of Bodom for the first time and just hearing how melodic it was. It was like, so what if he's screaming? Like the music is good, you know? So yeah. that's kind of where I screaming. Yeah. And I think, and again, like you said, like over the years, I think I've just softened my stance on that. Cause there was a time where like, I couldn't listen to like any screaming and now it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh, if the music's good, the music's good. As long as it's not like the kind of screaming that like is abrasive to like, just like is hard to listen to, um, which I'm getting to a point where there's not really too much of that left. Um, but uh, yeah, um, this, this was a blast to, to cover. And um, I love when stuff like this happens because uh, you know, like you said, like I didn't know jack shit about this album going into it and I ended up really liking it. So that's always, always a good thing. Nice. I'll, I'll just tell you one quick story before we move on and, and talk about next week. Um, after the Prod Power show, I'm at the Artmore. May it rest in peace. But I'm at the Artmore. And uh, back then, the, the bands from the, the festival used to stay at the hotel or whatever. So we, Pat and I had ordered pizza back to the room. We had beers in the room. And I mean, this was Prod Power 7. So I'm what, 23 years old or whatever. I'm obviously much younger and, and whatnot. Uh, but the guys in Mercenary, none of whom are in the band anymore. It was like Michael and one or two other guys come in the room. And I guess they were walking by. So we just invited them in. So we wound up having pizza and beers in the room at like 2 o'clock in the morning um, after their set. Uh, but they were like the nicest guys. And I know that there's – without getting into details, I know that there's been some issues with stuff that's been said publicly and some really kind of racy comments by some of these guys. But I'll just say from my experience – they were very, very nice guys. And um, I just, it's something I remembered because, you know, here I am trying to choke down Domino's pizza, uh, but I did have the beer to wash it down. So that was good. And I had great company while I was doing it. So all in all, a very memorable experience with uh, uh, with these guys. So cheers to them. Uh, I should note that uh, Michael, the singer, has started a band called Fire Soul. This band started like 10 years ago and they still have not come out with an album. I am hoping and praying that I can hear this man sing again because I love his vocals. That would be cool. I was gonna ask too. I was like, "What the why hell they're doing?" Fire Soul sound like a a, a band, a, like a band name. I, I don't know, maybe because of the ten other bands that start with fire. Um, 
But uh, true story, true story. Yeah, it sounded but, uh, familiar for whatever reason, but I was probably thinking of Firewind. So I mean, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think that puts a bow on Mercenary. I just want to mention one news item, uh, a band that we talk about, a band that I have no doubt we'll be talking about again as we get closer to Christmas, that's Sabotage. A little shout-out to John Oliva as he apparently fractured his spine slipping on a wet marble floor. So I know he's going through some things right now, let alone some of the stuff we've talked about in the past. I just hope that they can do that tour before, before it's all said and done. I really want to see them again. Oh, this, the the man needs to like uh, I don't know the, the the luck that this guy he needs to go in has. a bubble and just stay there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And just I would like for you to stay in this padded room until Prog Power 25. Uh, if if you can make it happen, that would be uh, wonderful. Write your songs from in the room. Uh, we'll put a piano in there. Um, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I I I want to um, I want to just. Uh, take this time to send uh you know thoughts and prayers to our friend Danny Estrin from Voyager um we found out just recently that um they had to cancel their tour because um Danny has uh, some for some form of cancer we don't really know too much beyond that just that he's going to have it get it treated and hopefully much like uh many people we've mentioned on this podcast Dave Mustaine Floor Jansen, uh, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Atkins, At- Ronnie Atkins um, Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson. The metal metal blood is is stronger than real than regular blood, in my opinion. <laughs> I have uh, little doubt Danny's gonna beat this thing, but uh, I, I would be remiss if I did not at least um, mention his name uh, because uh, not only is he just a really sweet man, um, he uh, you know he was also a uh, uh, somebody who graced us with uh, his time to be on this podcast, which we appreciate. And um, I, I just was like really uh, floored by that announcement um, because you, you, you just don't expect to hear that about somebody that's, you know, about in your, you know, peer group age wise, uh, definitely not talent wise, but uh, <laughs> age wise for sure. Um, so, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, so many people on my social media I posted photos that they took with him over the years and just sending their love. That's just how much this guy like means to the community. Um, so I, I felt like I would be remiss if I did not mention him. So, you know, Danny, if you're listening, uh, you got this and, uh, we love you. So. Well said, I, uh, can't really add anything better, uh, than that. I think you summed it up perfectly. Our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his lovely wife and family. So um, hopefully uh, we hear from him soon and, and that we know he is doing well. Uh, uh, the next news uh, should be good news um, whenever that is. So cheers to him. Um, and I guess I will segue to our album next week, which is the first Monday of the month, Request Monday. Obviously, if you are a member of our Patreon you are sending requests in. We appreciate that. We look forward to getting more. Consider joining if you have not. If otherwise, tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review, etc. It helps other people find the podcast. But next week, next week, we do our second album from the King. Uh, not Elvis, but Diamond. King Diamond, we've done Merciful Fate, and now we go to his solo project. And we go to, I think, what most people would consider his most famous is arguably his best
solo album, and that is Abigail from 1987. Um, when it's King Diamond, you know what to expect, but this album has consistently received high praise throughout the years. Uh, it's an album that I've heard before. It's an album that I've never done a deep dive into, but I look forward to kind of really soaking it in this week as, as we give it a listen. Have you heard any of this album going into going into next week, or is this a first for you? I know two songs from this album, thanks to the wonderful Clerks 2 soundtrack. Uh, Kevin Smith uh, has always been a fan of King Diamond, and he uh, was nice enough to put uh, a couple of songs in there in that soundtrack, uh, including um, the uh, the the wonderful uh, Grandma song. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'm I'm excited about this because this was actually requested by two different people um, unknowingly. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, why this album is so uh, revered. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually, I, I was thinking of um, the songs from them um, that ah. were on the, that, I, I got that confused. I apologize. Um, Welcome Home and the Invisible Guests were on the Clerks 2 soundtrack. I don't know anything from this album, it turns out. So uh, mark for edit. Uh, this album is going to be very new to me. So um I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I will say that, um, but uh, it should be good. So um, this this one was requested by both uh, Charles Florio and Keith Nickel. Um, I, 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 this would be interesting. I, I thought it would fit nicely as our October request because uh, it's you know I guess kind of Halloweeny. It's a little oh, for spook- sure. It's a little spooky. Um, but yeah. Um, we're, let's see if maybe um, you know Keith might want to send us a little recording of his uh, his King Diamond impression, and maybe you know we'll play it on the uh, the VIP uh, version of the <laughs> podcast. Maybe try to give people a little bit of a incentive to join the Patreon. If that's not doing it for you, uh, clearly Justin would be happy to go out and have drinks with you if you're in the area <laughs> um, as part of as part of uh, being a patron as well. Um, that it's not in the the fine print, uh, but you know, uh, Justin's a pretty gracious guy and, and he's, uh, he's willing to do that for those that, um, you know, want to, want to throw a little uh, extra cash our way. Um, that that's just something he'll do. Uh, if you're in Rochester, which I think one of our, uh, patrons is shout out to, <laughs> to Dave. Uh, um, I'd be happy to go out for drinks with you as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like Justin's a little more uh, accessible down, down in the New York City area. So um. Always, always up for drinks. Uh, thank you to everyone for the support. I look forward to covering Abigail with you next week. As I said, I think this is a really, um, definitely a different feel on this album than, than Mercenary for sure. So always love the pivot. And quite frankly, I look forward to hearing what you have in store for the following week because I feel like it's been... It's been a spell since uh, we've gotten a request from you or uh, an album. I, I actually know what it is for a change. So, um, as as do I know the following uh, <laughs> the following one I plan on uh, hitting you with um, towards the end of the month. Um, but uh, just to um, just to follow up again on, on the the Patreon talk um, at the end of the month, as per usual, we will be having our video chat uh, on Monday evening. Um, it's uh, not too late if you want to join. Uh, it's it's uh, for all of our uh, top two tier members. Uh, we have a really cool group of, of people that 
have pretty much become regular, uh, making regular appearances from all around the, 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 the globe. Um, and we have a really great chat. Um, I think it's one of the things I look forward to doing most each month. And, um, and then following that, we're going to record a, uh, a bonus episode and we're going to talk about, uh, some of our, uh, bucket list bands that, uh, maybe we've seen or maybe we haven't seen. Um, but, uh, that should be an interesting chat as well. So just, uh, one of the things, and, and that's available to the, uh, top three tiers of the Patreon, but you know, just some stuff that, um, you know, a little extra stuff that the, the, uh, people that sign up on Patreon get. I just wanted to make sure that we, you know, continue to push that. And, uh, again, like I said, uh, if you're in New York city, uh, just give Justin a call. He will uh, <laughs> take you to his, his favorite haunt, if you will. And, uh, he'll saddle up for a pint or two, uh, maybe three if he likes you. So, um, just, you know, gotta, gotta get, get a little incentive there. Um, I am thinking about, uh, eventually starting up a, uh, a clothing line, um, with, uh, some of our favorite catchphrases. I, I think, um, screamier, uh, Rallier, <laughs> Rallier might be uh, a new t-shirt idea, uh, to go along with, um, Magnum Opus and, uh, and Gallup. Uh, so <laughs> we have, uh, you know, it, it should be, uh. A lot of good stuff that we can throw on a shirt. Uh, you know, if Bruce Pritchard can make a shirt out of anything, so can we. So uh, I like it. I like where yeah. your head is at. Um, all, all, all in due time, my friend. All in due time. Hey, look, as Mel Brooks said in in uh, in Spaceballs, it's all about merchandise. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to listen to some Mercenary. Enjoy the week, my friend. I will talk to you sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Let me know when we're going to go to the city for that pint. <laughs>